On today's episode of Let's Go Together, I talk with my friend Ariana and we dive into some super unique and interesting ways to expanding our minds. I love this. We go into some really cool things that are outside of my expertise, which is what I found most fascinating in this conversation. So I know that you're going to love it because it's super unique. So without further ado, let's dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hello, we are back. As always, so excited to bring on this next guest. Um, really looking forward to diving in and learning more about your story. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Nick. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's going to be great. Um, so real quick, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Cool. Can do. Um, I'll start by saying my name because a lot of the time people read my name and don't know how to say it. So my name is Ariana Flotinakis. Um, I'm a coach, breathwork facilitator, and community facilitator. I'm the founder of the 5D Business Collective. And I actually have two kind of different tracks of folks that I serve. I tend to work with both the helpers and the people who would like a little bit of help. So I work with uh, spiritual entrepreneurs, conscious business owners, wellness practitioners, healers, and I support them in growing their businesses both on a strategic and practical level and also by supporting them on the human aspect. So working with the individual who's running the business. And then I also work with folks who don't own their own businesses, people who tend to live busy lives and just need a little bit of support and accountability and actually taking that space to take care of themselves so they can go out and fulfill the roles that they have to play here in our world. Love it. Awesome. Just, you know, wanting to help people. That's, that's the the beautiful aspect of that and, you know, really being able to have the space to help multiple people, whether it be in their business, um, you know, in their, or in their daily lives. So you mentioned like being, helping them be more human, you know, what, what does that look like? What's kind of into that, uh, that realm? Yeah. So, you know, I find as now the conversation around mindset and things like that, it's becoming so much more common, which I absolutely love. Um, a few years ago when I was talking about these kinds of things with my business coaching clients and even with my personal training clients at the time I was working as a personal trainer, you know, talking about mindset, limiting beliefs, all these kinds of things, it wasn't in the common language and people used to look at me like I had two heads. Whereas now this is all buzzwords, so this is great. People know what we're what we're working with. But ultimately the, the reason why it's so important that we work within our humanness is that we can have the strategies, we can do the webinars, we can do the launches, we can do all of that. But if it's not coming from a place of wholeness, if it's not coming from a place of authenticity, if we are questioning ourselves and our judgments every single time we step up and do something, um, that energy is going to come through in our messaging and the ways that we present ourselves and people are going to feel into that. So I tend to work with a lot of people who have done all of the coaching programs, they've taken all the courses, they've done all the webinars, and their business still isn't where they want it to be. And that usually looks like us slowing it down, coming back to work with, with the human realm first, and then we can go back to the business and revisit the strategy and things like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Taking a step back, realizing, stop trying to try all these strategies and, and really just like look within. Um, so when you say like a wholeness, I'd love for you to kind of like go into that a little bit more on how do we even know if we're not whole, you know, like what is that kind of process even just in the evaluation? Yeah, it's a really good question. It feels a lack of wholeness will feel different for everybody. Um, for me, when I think like, what do I feel like when I'm not whole? Um, it feels like I am looking for fulfillment from things outside of myself. I'm looking to cultivate my sense of self-worth from my work, the amount of money I make, uh, how productive I am. It might mean that I'm looking to others for validation. It might mean that I am not present in my body and not connected to what is actually going on within my realm. Sorry, there's an ambulance that's about to go by. Um, but this can look a little bit different for everybody. You know, if we look at this from a soul level, our souls can become fragmented and we can leave parts of ourselves within different experiences. So if we've had traumatic experiences, if we've had um, accidents or big injuries, we actually leave a little bit of ourself in all of these experiences. And so doing the healing work to integrate our past traumas, integrate um, physical traumas even allows those parts of ourselves to come back to, to bring us back into wholeness. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's so powerful. You know, again, how we, how we look at ourselves, how we're feeling in that regard. Um, and you mentioned um, previously too, when you were talking about the wholeness and bringing like authenticity into like what we do and how that's such an important aspect where the strategy is less important and being more authentic. How can we be more authentic in just like our business and or life in general? Like, what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, first I want to ask, you know, what's preventing the authenticity in the first place? And we don't always know that we're not being authentic. So I look back to myself when I started my personal training business um, back at the end of 2012. And I was two years sober. So I had a 10 year bout with drug and alcohol addiction. I was actually about a year and a half sober at that point. Um, and I thought that I was like the most me I'd ever been. And when I look back at myself now, I can see that I was still wearing a lot of masks. There was like a lot more jazz hands in the way that I talked and things like that. And um, I didn't know that, right? I had to do a lot of unraveling of the, the beliefs that I had about myself. I had to let go of conditioning, let go of stories that I had accumulated from my own experiences or from what other people had shared with me to become who I am today. And while I today feel closer to who I am than I ever have been, I'm sure that there is still more to unravel and more to unpack. And so what I think is important here is when we're looking at, you know, how do we be more authentic in our business? Well, first, is there, is there an area where we know we're being inauthentic? And what's causing us to, to show up not as our fullest selves? Do we not feel safe in doing so? Do we worry about what others are going to say 
Um, do we not know how to be ourselves? And so finding ways to allow ourselves to be fully expressed in our wholeness, in our fullness, in, in little ways. Maybe that's just through writing in, in a way that you're never going to share. It's not putting pressure on yourself to create content that the world will see, but to just let yourself write from your heart. Um, to find somebody in your life who you trust, to allow yourself to really be you and to see how good it feels to be you. And soon it's going to become really apparent how not great it feels to have to put on these masks and be something that you're not. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's such an important part. I, I love how you talked about just like how we're showing up, you know, specifically online and being willing to be open and share that authenticity because we do live in a world of constantly worrying about people judging us like what are people gonna say and you know we try to do things that maybe we feel won't get a reaction but in turn then we're just kind of like making our what our message is more vanilla you know instead of just like being willing to open up and you know, share that authentic message um, and really become into that person and step into that authenticity. Do you do any like practices to, to help you like, or better question, in your journey of kind of showing up more often, authentic? And, and um, I, would, I would be curious too, if you're open to talking about it, kind of how, you know, your journey and your story, you mentioned um, that you're two years sober, you said. Um, right. Um, now I'm, now I'm, uh, I'm almost eight years sober. Wow. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so I'm wondering if you would be willing to like open up about that because I'm sure there's a lot of this level of being authentic and these masks that kind of come with that. Um, if you're willing to kind of share a little bit more about your story. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and what I will say too is, you know, it's been um, about eight years that I haven't been drinking or, or doing drugs. Um, but there, like that addiction was then replaced with fitness and it was replaced with work and busyness. And those tendencies were still very real in my life until about maybe the like early part of 2018. So I usually say it's like, I'm kind of like two and a half years into like my actual recovery from all of the stuff while I've been um, sober for, for about eight years. But yeah, it looked, you know, when I, the, the day that I realized I needed to stop drinking, I was very fortunate in that I hadn't had a big rock bottom moment like a lot of people do. Um, I just, I think I actually saw myself for the first time in years. And when I looked in the mirror, um, I was 15 pounds heavier than I am now. And when you're five foot one, like 15 pounds is a lot. So I like looked in the mirror at this girl who was heavier than she'd been. Um, more than that, like just looking into my eyes, like I started to recognize like how lifeless they were. And I had a moment there and it was like, do I want to wait? For a rock bottom? Do I want to wait until I hurt myself, until I hurt somebody else, until I destroy my relationship with this man who loves me? And I had had so many experiences where I'd put myself in dangerous situations and I'd always got out without anything bad happening to me. Lost my wallet and I'd have it returned to me with all my money in it and everything like that. So like something was always looking out for me. 
And it was just kind of like a now or never moment. So I just decided then that I had no idea what I was going to do, but I needed to stop drinking. Um, threw myself into fitness. So definitely like replaced the addiction with the addiction, but it was still a positive thing for me at the time. Helped me start to learn to like get back in my body, like reconnect with myself. I started to set small goals, like I'll try a spin class today, or I'm going to go use that weird machine in the corner and I don't know what it does. And those things started to help me build that confidence. And that was something that I'd never experienced before. And it was really through the, the different athletic pursuits that I took on. So training for triathlons, half marathons, things like that. Those really pushed me to grow myself personally, as well as running a business. You know, like you're going to get confronted with all of your fears, all of your doubts, all of your worries. And so a lot of the the kind of common mindset things that we learn about in the beginning, the journaling, the manifesting, dismantling the limiting beliefs, like those were all really helpful for me up to a point. And then I started needing to go deeper into my healing journey. And that was early in 2018 when I discovered breath work. Um, if you've never done breath work before, like mind blowing. Um, it was, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't know what breath work was. And I was lying on the floor breathing. All of a sudden I felt like I needed to cry. And I was like, why do I need to cry? And in that moment, it was like every single thing I'd ever shoved down with a bottle of booze, with a run, with my work, it all came to the surface and I felt it and it was gone. I learned later there was more still to that, but it was still such a potent moment in my life and really opened me up to this deeper layer of healing that I, I hadn't made myself available to before because I didn't really know that it existed. So breathwork has definitely been one of the most potent parts of my healing journey. Um, this is something that's like a little bit weird for me to talk about because of the sobriety thing, but also using psilocybin in the last year and a half has also been really helpful for healing. Um, definitely different than how I used to use it when I was in high school and like partying and stuff, you know, when you're like doing mushrooms and things like that. But it's actually really potent for, um, for healing trauma and for coming back to yourself now when used in a safe and intentional setting. So that's been really powerful. And yeah, just meeting with wonderful space holders, teachers, people who give you the opportunity to really allow whatever wants to come through, to come through, to feel it, to process it, and to do to do what you need to do with it. Yeah. Wow. Um, so cool. Um, I'm so glad you brought up the breath work because that was something that I did have in the back of my mind that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, because I'm more curious about it. I know that you like absolutely love it too. Um, because you say breath work, but for somebody like, like, what does that mean? First off, because I feel like, yeah, there's a lot that can go into that. So I'd love to kind of like, what's a basic, what do you even mean by breath work? Totally. So breath work, um, it encompasses, it's kind of like a blanket term for a number of different exercises that you can do with your breath. And we can, we can look at it as like manipulation of the breath as you might experience in a yoga class, sometimes like a nice long, slow inhale and a long, slow exhale. Um, different things like breath of fire, um, all these different ways that we can use our breath to 
um, calm ourselves down to maybe create a little bit more energy or a little bit more heat. The style of breath work that I work with that I'm trained in is conscious connected breath work. And what this does on a physiological level, it allows us to regulate our nervous system so that we can respond to stress when we need to, because that fight or flight response actually is beneficial. We do need it. It's just that in our modern lives, we spend the majority of our time in it. So being able to get into that stress response state when needed, but then to be able to come out of it when the stressor is no longer there. So when the proverbial tiger has left, we can like come back down. From a physical standpoint, it's amazing for increasing your energy, your digestion, improving your sleep, your metabolism, your hormonal balances, all of those things. And then when we look at it on a deeper level, what it can do is it can take us into altered states of consciousness so that we can start to access parts of ourselves, our memories, our emotions, things that we've stuffed back into our subconscious. And it brings these things up. And what I always like to say with the breathwork session is that we can set an intention for something that we're looking to gain clarity on, um, maybe something that we're wanting to move through or to process, but then we let that intention go because we never know what we're going to get with the breath. So you might have just this really beautiful, joyful, blissful experience where you feel like you're floating in a cloud and you're getting all these downloads and it's amazing. Or you can have really painful and challenging moments where a lot of old trauma and stuff comes up. But if we can actually just be with it and feel it and then let it go, it leaves our bodies and is no longer holding us back. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, it's such a, you know, an interesting aspect too. And, um, from someone my, like myself who I've only really like dabbled in mild meditation and I've done, um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank on, um, Wim Hof. There we go. Um, yeah. which I found like, I've only done that a few times, but that was like wild in itself. So, um, yeah, <laughs> like absolutely a wild experience. Um, so I'm curious though, like how would someone get started with, you know, beginning and or where would you say to get started if somebody was like, all right, you know, I'm interested in just like trying something like this, you know, how would they begin? Yeah. So something that I will say is that breath work is becoming really popular now. Um, I feel like we're kind of cresting the wave and it's going to be like yoga and where you can do um, these deeper styles of breath work really easily. Two years ago, it was impossible to find a breath work circle. Now they're everywhere. Um, but with breath work, um, you know, as I said, it can bring things up and that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so what I always like to suggest is, especially for your first session, find somebody that you trust to work with or like do a short practice on your own if you don't want to work with somebody. So there's tons of breathwork facilitators. You can find people in your area. You can find people online. Come and talk to me. If I don't know somebody in your area, I'm sure I know somebody who does. Um, and that will set you up to have a really safe and really potent experience. Um, and then just doing it for a shorter period of time, like five to 10 minutes, it's not going to bring you into that state that we refer to as being activated where like things are moving and you're connecting and just, there's a lot going on, but it's really great for your nervous system. So for those folks who are 
just wanting to calm themselves down a little bit. Again, maybe looking for a little bit more energy, a little bit more clarity. A short session on your own is super safe and is really, really great. And oftentimes it's easier for people who struggle with meditation because they have a busy mind and they don't like the whole sitting still aspect. It's an active practice. So there's something to kind of keep you engaged throughout as well. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And you mentioned, you know, kind of things coming up, um, you know, that could be uh, dangerous. So I'm curious in regards to if you could kind of elaborate a little bit more on what you mean in that regard. For sure. And if I use the word dangerous, I want to retract that. Um, Because it's not so much that it's dangerous. There can just be a tendency or a, a possibility if you know, let's say you're somebody who historically does not like to feel your feelings and you like to do things to avoid feeling them. So let's say something really big wants to come up and you can feel it and you can feel through those physical sensations, you know, when you want to cry and you're holding it back, things like that. When we push it down, um, emotionally, that's going to be really hard to feel because you're going to feel that resistance that can also manifest as physical tension. And so we can get what we call tetany, sometimes also referred to as the lobster claw. Your hands will start to tense up. Your face starts to tense up. You can feel these kind of like spasms in your body. It's not unsafe. It will go away as soon as you return to breathing normally, but it can be very scary for people. And so there's definitely a physiological component of what's happening in in your blood chemistry, but a lot of that does stem from the holding back on what's wanting to come out. So that's why it's really important to be in a safe space, to be with somebody that you trust and who can hold space for you. You know, we're trained if we can see someone holding back, we have things that we can do to help them express and move through that and then let go of that emotional and physical tension. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. As I, as I reflect, I don't know if you said dangerous. I think you mentioned like unsafe, um, I think is, was the the terminology you use. So, so I wanted to make sure that I corrected myself. Um, um, so yeah, so, and I think that that's such a, um, important aspect because I think if you, if you do have these things that you think are going to come up, it's like kind of more reason why they probably need to come up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're shaking, shaking your head. Yeah. So maybe you can elaborate more on that. If it's like, if someone's like, no, I don't, I don't want these things to come up at all. So no, I'm never going to do this. I don't know. What, what would you say to that? I would just like to inquire as to where that resistance is stemming from. And there there's there's kind of two layers to look at this from you know there are some people and when i say there's two layers i actually think there really is just one layer um but there's two two perspectives that people may hold from it and there are folks who see themselves as busy they're achievers they live in their head they don't got time for emotions they don't want to deal with that kind of stuff i'm good right so there's there's definitely that kind of camp And then there are individuals who have experienced really, really traumatic things in their lives. And I have quite a few clients who don't want to go there. And so we work by just, again, getting them into their bodies, creating a sense of safety around like, 
you know, noticing your hands, sometimes closing your eyes and like being internal can be really, really uncomfortable for people. And so that's where we have to take a really slow approach and, and let not even let their, them mentally know that it's safe to go there, but let the body know because it's a very physical subconscious response when we are constantly living in a state of extreme fight or flight or even freeze. So working with the nervous system, um, creating that sense of safety is really important. But you know, if it's, if it really is not rooted in trauma, and if it's like the high achiever who just doesn't think they have time for it, I would want to know, you know, what, what, what do you have time for? What do you want to bring into your life? Where have you been setting your sights for? What's held you back from getting there? And let's look a little bit more deeply into that and then see if there is some space to begin to bring in some of this uh, deeper self-inquiry. Love it. Awesome. Cool. Um, I do want to circle back a little bit um, because there's something that I need to ask um, for my own, um, but also I'm sure other people may be curious too. Um, you talked about, um, and I, I don't know the exact, psilocybin, right? Is that, so is that the active chemical in mushroom? Is that, is that what that, okay. Yeah. So mushrooms. Gotcha. So um, I would love for you to dive in because I have heard this before. Like I know Tim Ferriss has talked about, um, you know, doing this, this type of thing to be able to expand your mind. And I think like, um, who is it like Albert Einstein? He used to do like acid to get to like other levels. So I'm kind of curious to what, I didn't even realize like what, how you even get access, but like, I guess what's that process? What's that like, uh, <laughs> experience? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And the, the access, it's so weird as an adult, like trying to figure these things out, right? Like when you're a kid, you like know that there's a guy on the corner that you can go to, but as an adult, it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, when my, when my partner suggested it to me early last year, I was very resistant because I'm sober, right? I don't do drugs. I don't do these things anymore. And I had really still associated this with um, like partying and just getting messed up. You know, we're just going to trip out and see things, right? And when I was asking him about his intentions with it, he was really coming at it from a spiritual lens, um, from again, just being able to explore his consciousness more. And so I did a little bit of research on it and I was like, okay, I think I'm open to this. Like we can do it. And so we did what seemed like a small dose to me compared to what I used to do in high school. Um, apparently wasn't a small dose or they're just stronger than what I was getting when I was like 18. And it was just like, took me right out there. And there was, a, there was a whole lot of things going on, but the, the theme that kept coming up for me was this idea of surrender. And, you know, you hear that word a lot, especially in the spiritual community. And I was always like, what does this mean, surrender? What are people talking about? Um, and I started to actually physically experience what, what the opposite of surrender feels like and what surrender feels like. And it was any time there was resistance around, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why did I do this? Why am I so messed up? Why do I see these like stick people trying to talk to me in the forest? Like I would get more anxious. And then when I could just like step back and let it go, the, the experience would be a lot more smooth and a lot more peaceful. 
So that kind of opened up the door for me to want to explore this a little bit more. Um, I don't know how many times I've done larger trips in the last year and a half. There's it's been a few of them. Um, and really what I found is that it's like with breath work in terms of setting the intention and letting it go. You can have an intention for your session. So you can sit if there's something that you're looking for clarity with, if you're wanting to heal something, you can do that. But ultimately, what I found the best thing to do is to just drop in and let my, let, I'm inclined to say my mind, but really let the spirit of the mushroom take me wherever it wants to go. Um, there's a really great book written by Michael Pollan, who used to write books about uh, nutrition, and he wrote a lot about like eating and things like that. And then he wrote a book called How to Change Your Mind, and it goes a lot into his experience with psychedelics, looking at the research from a very like non-spiritual perspective, from a very non-biased perspective, and really goes into the science of how these things are being used to treat depression, anxiety, supporting people who are struggling, um, you know, if they're facing terminal illness and things like that. And there's an analogy that he uses in the book that I absolutely love around um, thinking about a mountain with fresh snow. And are you a snowboarder? Do I know? Did I? I ski, yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought I saw something with you in snow somewhere. So, you know, when there's like, it's a nice powder day and there's like, there's no tracks anywhere, right? Like you can just go wherever you want. And at, towards the end of the powder day, there's a lot of tracks. And as your legs get tired, you might start to go in other people's tracks. It's kind of what our brain starts to do over, over the long term. So we have these neural pathways that get formed and because our brain is efficient and it likes to save energy it's going to follow those same neural pathways just to keep things easy even if those neural pathways are rooted in um, limited thinking self-sabotage things like that and what doing psychedelics does is it's basically like a fresh blanket of snow over your brain so that you can begin to rewrite your neural pathways and approach life from a place of openness and curiosity and creativity Wow. Yes. I love that analogy. That's such a, a fantastic analogy because, you know, again, often in our lives, I'm sure we can reflect on where, you know, it's this like muscle memory where we just kind of like do that thing. That's easy. You know, it could be something as simple as like turning on the TV. You know, we just like do that because we've done that before. It's easy before we even know it. We're like, oh my gosh, I just like been, how much TV did I just watch? Because it's like what you said, our brain just, it's, it's on track. Oh, it's liking this. It's just going to keep going instead of taking that time to like look back, reflect, have this like open canvas to be able to kind of revise and rethink about how, you know, we're looking at our day to day or the things that we're doing or, you know, what's, what's preventing us from getting to certain places, you know, whether it be in our life or in our business and really taking that time to, to be able to reflect. Um, and one thing that you know, you mentioned too, is like having an intention behind it, you know, like you mentioned, even like, um, you know, your partner had, he's like, I had, he had an intention about that process. Um, and so like, when you did you have a certain intention at least like the first time of like what am I going to do is it just like I'm going to experience this or do you go into it with like 
I have a question that I want answered. Um, like, is that something that you could approach it in this regard? Yeah, you know, you totally could. Um, my intention that first time, and I have to laugh now because I can see how it was fulfilled, but not in the way that I wanted it to be, was to gently break down the barriers that are holding me back from experiencing life to the fullest. And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, you know, we're going to just like work through stuff and it's going to be all great. And then, no, I had to go through those really uncomfortable experiences to really see what surrender is because it was my lack of surrender and the ways that I was resisting my experience. That's what was holding me back from experiencing the fullness of life. So know too that when we set an intention, um, it doesn't always get fulfilled in the way that we want. Um, we really have to let go of our agendas. And that's the same with, you know, if we want to learn something from the spirit of the mushroom, we can ask and then we sit back and we take what we're shown. So usually what I do, it's, um, my intention really is to just allow myself to be led. It's one of the very few things that I don't go in with a, oh, I want to feel this or I want to get clarity on this. I will do that with breath work often. But if I'm, if I'm doing psilocybin, I just like to, I make really great playlists for it and I will just allow the journey to, to take me where it wants to go based off of the music and the different sensations and things that are coming up for me. And it's, it's absolutely wild what your mind can do and where it can take you. Fascinating. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's cool because I kind of want to almost like circle back to like the breath work because do you ever feel like there is a certain psychedelic feel to breath work? A hundred percent. We refer to it as the OG plant medicine because it's like you think of plants, they um, they, in, they are opposite than us. They take in carbon dioxide and let go of oxygen, whereas we take in oxygen, let go of carbon dioxide through our breath. So we look at the breath as like the original plant medicine. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's such a cool, like chemical an analogy or like looking at it from, from that standpoint. Uh, we often forget like, you know, again, plants are living organisms that need oxygen that are the way that they're, you know, they're giving off oxygen. You know, that's how we, um, are able to breathe it in, you know, we got all these trees around. Um, so that's such a <laughs> kind of like a reversal flip of how we, how we see certain things. Um, and, and that was kind of my experience when I did the, the Wim Hof was like, almost like, oh my gosh, this was like, you feel like you're high. Um, <laughs> you're like, this is amazing. Um, I don't know how much you know about the Wim, Wim Hof because now I've mentioned it and I, I was, maybe you could like explain it better than I could. Yeah. Wim Hof is, it's quite similar to conscious connected breath work. Um, similarities are in, you know, you connect the breath without a pause. There's an active inhale. You don't control your exhale. So the, the form of breath work that I work with, it's super, super gentle. Um, so you're like laying on your back, you like inhale into the belly, into the chest, through your mouth, and then you just like do a, and you let it out. Whereas Wim Hof, as you know, it's like a, but there's that, um, idea of that relaxed exhale. We're still not pushing it. We're not elongating the exhale. And Wim took his, uh, his 
form of breath work, like he's very open that he didn't create it. It was used by, it's, a, it's actually called Tumo. And it was used by people who, I think they were living in the Himalayas. Uh, they were monks in the Himalayas that needed to keep themselves warm when it snowed. And so they would do this style of breathing and it would warm their bodies to the point that the snow around them would melt. They would get so warm. And so that's why with the Wim Hof, um, you know, there's a very big mental training component to it because it's, it's hard to do that for extended periods of time, right? There's the discomfort. And then you go and jump in freezing cold water afterwards. So, you know, you're warming up the body, um, still really great for the nervous system, like the one that I work with is. Um, but then you get that extra nervous system regulation boost um, and that anti-inflammatory response by going in the cold water. And I am a huge, huge fan of Wim Hof with cold dips, like such a good combo. Did you do the cold dip afterwards? Um, I did not. Um, we were like, you know, in my friend's apartment complex, like in the yoga studio. So it wasn't, we weren't like in the environment. I would have been so open to that, but I'm so glad you brought up the cold dip aspect. Um, I did it actually, like, I didn't do it with the breath work, but I went on a hike this past weekend with my friend. Um, and the reason why it was top of mind too, is because we were like, let's go in. Like it was cold. And he's like, he's like, have you ever done Wim Hof? He's like, now would be the time. Cause you're, you're like, you know, we're jumped into this cold water. Um, mm -hmm. but I know that I see, you know, on your Instagram that you're often taking cold dips in, in water. So what is that? Are you doing the breath work with that? Or are you just like jumping in the water? I know like people do cold showers. I'm curious, like what that practice is for you. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'll do, I'll say what I do and then I'll say share just a really easy way to do it on your own. It's great. Like for those of you who are familiar with like the term biohacking in terms of just really optimizing your physical and mental performance, it is so, so good. And I'm really fortunate to live in an area where I have the Pacific ocean. I have lots of rivers that are glacier fed. So they are very cold and I will do usually one or two rounds of Wim Hof and then I'll go into the water. And it, for me, if I'm having a day where I'm like really in my head, if I'm overthinking, if I'm anxious, going in the water just gets me right into my body and gets me out of whatever it was I was thinking of before. It's great for reducing inflammation in your body, helping your body just feel better. You know, I work out a lot. I do a lot of things and I want to keep my body in optimal shape so I can continue to do so. And then plus there's also like kind of an element of like feeling like a badass when you get out of freezing cold water and like people are wearing like their toque and their jacket and they're looking at you like, what is wrong with you? Um, and then also from the mental component too, right? The longer you can stay in the water and withstand the discomfort, like the, it's such great training grounds for being able to tolerate discomfort in life, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, there's going to be challenging moments. And the more we can teach ourselves that like, yeah, actually I can be okay in these uncomfortable moments um, in like controlled environments the easier it becomes for us to navigate those difficult moments when we're in an uncontrolled environment. So um, Wim Hof has an app, super easy. You can do the guided breath with him and then you go and jump in the cold shower. And I think he usually suggests starting for 10 seconds. I wouldn't say less than 10 because your body will start to release endorphins. Like it's gonna be like, ooh, this sucks. Let's make things feel good. But that doesn't start until about 10 seconds afterwards. 
So, you know, if you can last for those first 10 seconds, it will feel better afterwards, I promise. <laughs> yeah, that's such a, that's such a funny um, thing, you know, like being able to, to shock ourselves. But I love, you know, you talked about like that discomfort um, and really being able to be uncomfortable, like, like living mentally in that discomfort at that current mind and, uh, and how it trains us to be more disciplined in that aspect. So yeah, I find that super fascinating and I moved to California so that it wouldn't be cold. You know, the water's a little cold, <laughs> but, um, you know, so I still potentially could do it, but it's not, it's not as cold as, as certain other times that I've, um, you know, done that I've been up in like the mountains and I've like jumped in the snow, like similar, aspects <laughs> you know, I, I, what's the ocean like there is it is it pretty warm um it's pretty cold um yeah it's not like super like you gotta wear a wetsuit for the most part like during the winter um but or you don't have to but certainly like if you're going out surfing it certainly helps to have like all the surfers generally have wetsuits on so it kind of gives you a good idea of how cold it is um so i could take some more dips um, in the good. ocean, you know, get up at 6am, go for a run, jump in the ocean. That, that would certainly be oh, yeah. a good routine to uh, <laughs> start my day. I may have to, uh, may have to incorporate that. Um, especially now that it's like the winter, you know, I'm okay with being that guy. Cause most people are probably would never even consider something like this, but I've loved this conversation because I find that like everything that we talked about is just it's almost like keeping an open mind to certain things. Like if you had talked to me about certain things like a couple of years ago, even like breath work, I'm like, what, you know, like, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I've kept an open mind and then I've started to experiment and I've started to try different things. And so, you know, if you're listening and you're kind of like, this is a little outside from what I'm used to hearing, I encourage you to, again, like keep an open mind because you never really know like what you're going to experience. So like, it's almost like, don't judge a book, um, by its cover because you know, this works. It's not like, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of people that are doing this kind of work and enhancing their mind through this level. It's, you know, it works, you know, it can work, it can work for you. Um, and I think like keeping an open mind and being willing to just try these things, um, with no expectations, you know, just go into it and just like, Hey, I'm going to try this and see how it goes. But if you make this judgment of like, this isn't for me or like, so I challenge you to not do that. <laughs> That's challenging the listeners to just not make any of the judgments and be willing to keep an open mind and try something like this. You know, it can even start with just like jumping into the cold shower. Um, like be willing to try certain things like that. Um, because you might find that you like it. You might see the benefits. It may open you up to things that you never thought of, which could lead to something else and lead to something else and lead to something else, which I think is like really powerful in itself. Mm -hmm. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, everything you talked about, I mean, this was, this is a powerful um, episode from, you know, talking about just like being our whole self, you know, really coming back to being, human you know our human self to make sure that we have that aligned we have that wholeness we're coming from that place of authenticity so that we can show up properly you know in our business and and how that's important 
you know, I appreciate you talking about your experience with addiction and, and how that's kind of evolved and helped you and how you've been able to grow. I mean, eight years, that's amazing. That's such an awesome um, accomplishment. So, you know, bravo to you if somebody that's struggling with that, like, again, you know, it is something that many people struggle with. And if you, you know, can reach out, like if this is somebody who's been, you know, eight years. So again, if this is you, again, reach out to somebody that can help. I know that's a big part of it. Um, you know, so I appreciate you being, you know, open and, and sharing. And then going into like the breath work, which I, I was looking forward to, to really diving into that. Um, and it's so much more than like what I had even anticipated, um, which is so cool. Um, I didn't realize there were so many like different levels and different kind of experience, like different ways of going about breath work, you know, um, like that it was a broad term almost, <laughs> you know, I didn't realize there's like all these different things and, and it's one of those things like, you know, we got to be willing to, to learn and reach out and, and find, you know, different viewpoints and different experiences to bring these types of things in. Cause now I'm like really curious. Now I want to like dive into it a little bit more. I'm like, as soon as this calls over, I kind of want to just like jump on the floor and start doing some um, deep breathing exercises and kind of just like, I haven't done it in a while. So I kind of want to get, get back into it. Um, and then talking about, you know, um, mushrooms and psychedel psychedelics and how that can, can help you to kind of expand your mind from, uh, you know, just how we think about things and being able to almost disconnect ourselves and let our mind go to different places so that we can have deeper clarity through these unique experiences and that it's all backed behind science. I think that's an important aspect, like the studies that go into this. And, you know, you mentioned different books and resources that you can look into and, you know, how it helps with um, depression. And I know that like mushrooms is becoming more and more common, you know, specifically, I know like in the States they are talking about um, using it for medicinal and being able to um, utilize that, which like most people would probably be like, what? Like mushrooms is going to be like legalized. Um, that's like, it shows you again, the potential and we're focusing on plants instead of so many of these, you know, harmful, you know, other opioids and all these other things that end up causing, you know, more deeper issues down the line um, and really looking at deeper, different levels of, of medicine that can, can help. And I think that that is just um, so cool and doing it in a way of biohacking, like you mentioned, um, such a fascinating, cool concept of really just being able to keep an open mind to these different things, different experiences, jumping in some cold water to evolve ourselves evolve our mind, create a deeper level of thinking, connecting with, you know, the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it yourself, um, to be able to get to that next level and continue to grow and improve, which is, you know, the goal. That's the goal of the show. So I think it all tied in um, very nicely. So thank you so much for, for being here today. Yeah. And thanks for summarizing it like that. You just cut, you sold me on all of it. So I'm <laughs> excited to go and do some stuff. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Cool. Nice little yeah recap. Um, I'd like to um, always ask this too, um, is when it comes to um, books, do you have a certain book that like absolutely changed your life? Like you recommend it more than any other book. It's like, this is the book that comes up for you. Mm, 
Can I list three? <laughs> yes, you can. And you're, you're not alone in that. So that's okay. like the common response. I'm going to keep asking for one. And if someone wants to give three, they can. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It, it's, like, it's, it's an oldie, but it's a classic. Um, was definitely really pivotal in helping me identify my own patterns of self-sabotage. Um, Everything is Here to Help You by Matt Kahn. I, um, I read this book earlier this year, actually like when lockdown started, which was very interesting. And it's about integrating the ego. There's a lot of talk about like getting rid of our ego and we don't want to operate from that space. But yeah, it talks about how to integrate it. And The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Such a good one. Um, so beneficial for anyone who has um, creative pursuits, um, entrepreneurs, people who are on the path of creating something out of nothing and something that requires discipline um, really addresses resistance and how to move through it in a really, really impactful way. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah, I always, um, I'm loving this question and it wasn't something that I always asked. Um, but it's kind of a selfish thing. I just like really want to get, um, and I make the same joke. If you listen regular, then, you know, I like make the same joke that I just do it for me. Um, but it's the yeah. truth, but what's really cool. So, you know, one thing that I've realized is coming up in regards to the books is that there's like a repetition, um, of people mentioning certain books. So like out of the three that you just mentioned, I'm pretty sure that big leap was mentioned at one point. I'm curious to like, I want to go back to see who has mentioned that. Um, and I'm pretty sure, um, war of art has also been mentioned. Um, so again, it's really cool and interesting to look at certain books that are being mentioned, um, that are being repeated. Uh, so I mentioned, I'm hopefully at the time that you're listening to this, I've created it, but I basically want to create a list of all the recommendations from guests and almost have like tallies. Like I had six guests recommend this book. Um, so I think it would be really cool to almost like keep an open tally and seeing which ones, which ones come up. So if you're like looking for book recommendations, boom, I'm going to have this huge list of what not just I believe, but what other people are saying too. So thank you. Um, I love the three recommendations and I'll keep them in um, my mind because I'm always looking for more and more to, to check out. Um, nice. So lastly, what's the best place for somebody to reach out with you, connect with you? Uh, Instagram's where I like to hang out the most. I have the most uninstagrammable name. So you can find me at Ariana Fotonakis. I don't know if you do show notes, but um, okay, cool. Spelling yes. will be in there. Um, but yeah, come find me in the DMs. If this was super weird and out of your comfort zone, come tell me and I will uh, hold space for you. But if something, if you're curious about something, you want to learn a little bit more, if you have experience with some of these things that you want to share, just come and let me know. I love to get to know people more and just chat about what they're up to as well. Yeah. Love it. Um, I think it's really awesome to, you know, if you, if this was again, like you said, like something that was, it's almost even more reason to have a conversation with if, if it was really like out there for you. Um, I think it's even more reason why you should, you know, do it. Um, which I think is super cool. You know, we need to keep expanding and, um, you know, even for me, if it, it wouldn't be as interesting for a show to bring on 
a bunch of people that were like me, then the whole show would just be about me. So I love the idea of bringing these unique stories, you know, these, and you're not alone too. you know, previous guests that I've had, they have different things that are unique. Um, but it just allows us to be willing to look at these other things, be willing to keep an open mind, be willing to potentially try these things or reach out for more clarification, more education, because at the end of the day, all of these things that we discuss are all out of the mindset of growth. And that's what this show is all about. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. Awesome. Cool. And thank you listeners. As always, remember, let's keep growing together.